This is Deep Blue, where we get the true life stories of BYU athletes, coaches, and fans. Here's your host, Jerem Jordan. On today's show, we talked with a guy who almost went to Texas A&M, who didn't lose a home game in his last three seasons at BYU, who thought he might be out of the NFL, but suddenly got called back midweek and got the game ball one week in the NFL, who still broadcasts on our air. He is the one and only. My friend, David Nixon. David, what's up, man? Oh, I like that intro. That's Do a very you? kind intro. Okay, good. Sweet. I can't wait to dive into more of that. But uh, yeah, great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a minute. Uh, in football season, I see you all the time. Then out of football season, it's the occasional text about basketball. <laughs> like, what happened? Or, it's, that was awesome. Or It's yeah. the late night text when I rate that uh, we lose to <laughs> Santa Clara, and I just can't get over it. I do find that I somehow get more emotional over basketball. They do about football, which is really odd. Why is that? I think a lot of it's because football, you typically kind of know the outcome. Like, two minutes left in the game, you're down by 10. Like, you're not going to really win the game, right? Not with that attitude. (laughs) The problem with basketball (laughs) is you can be up by five with two minutes, and you can still somehow lose it, which we've seen this year at BYU, right? And so that's where the mood swings for me come into play. My wife even mentioned that to me the other day. We were watching the game. She's like, something's wrong with you. You get so much more mad with, (laughs) with basketball and football. And I think it's because of that. Uh, but the other part is just I'm a huge BYU guy, so yeah. I just want BYU to win. And uh, but no, it is. It's it's always weird for me because I spend a lot of time up here at BYU TV during the football season with you guys. Tuesdays, Saturdays mainly. Yeah, and lots of hours on BYUSN. Yeah, in totally. L- lots of time, and then all of a sudden, boom! Once once the bowl game's over, it's basically off season for me until the next season rolls around. So uh, it's fun to fun to catch up here and call it you know quote unquote off season for for football catch up on the show with you. So this is a side gig for you. Some people think, you know, this is the main. No, no, no. <laughs> we cannot pay you enough uh, to make it the main gig. You have another job. What's your day job? Yeah, so um, I do commercial real estate. So I do uh, all brokerage. So I, I'm helping clients buy and sell their buildings uh, and, and lease them out as well and help clients go find office space. So uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a fun ride. I've been doing it for 10 years ever since I got done with the NFL, jumped right into it. Um, and, uh, it's been a, it's been a great ride. It's flexible schedules, which allows me to do stuff like this with BYU. And, um, it allows me to attend my kids games and, and I don't have to travel much, which is, which is optimal. Like a great job. Yeah, no, but it's been, it's been fun. It's, uh, I get to be, get out and about, I rub a lot of shoulders with BYU alum and, and get to use the network with BYU, which is always fun to kind of keep integrated with BYU. Um, but it's, uh, it's been great. So, uh, you know, just keep plugging away. It's a nice title. Executive VP at JLL Brokerage. That sounds nice, it's, bro. It's taken some time. It's taken some time. <laughs> I started off as an associate. Yep. So I've uh, been with my firm, JLL. We're, we're one of the world's largest commercial real estate firms, Fortune 500, publicly traded type group. Um, been with them for 10 years, like I said, and uh, started off as an associate and worked my way up. So nice. uh, we'll see. We'll see how much longer I'm there for. I, I might be a lifetimer there. So okay. a lifer. We'll see. Uh, uh he used to go by Jimmy, but then he sort of evolved into more professional. Yes, yeah. Jim, Jim Balderson, correct. Perhaps the greatest Canadian BYU men's basketball player of all time. <laughs> I hear about the Canadian pipeline way too much. <laughs> the McGrath, the uh, Alberta, the whole whatever. I don't, I don't even know what else is up there in Canada. But there's Greg uh, and there's Jim Balderson, and that's and there's supposedly the a gr- a girl that's getting recruited really hard by the okay. women's basketball team that's supposed to be okay. unbelievable. I, that's from I'm his ex- hometown. I'm excited. Like I said, I've heard everything about his small yeah. towns from. Yeah. But yeah, Jim is my business partner. 
also a good friend. Lives a couple blocks away from me in Draper. So. Oh, I didn't realize you lived by each other. And our too. kid, we have we have two boys that are both seven years old that were born about two weeks apart. That play football. Wow. I coach the football team. For and he all, coaches the basketball. And team? He coaches the basketball team. Oh, nice. So we got a good thing going. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been fun. Now in JLL, isn't there somebody higher up that's like a former big name somebody? Who is it? Yeah, Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach. Okay, I knew- Ro- okay. Ro- Roger Staubach was um, he when he was with the Cowboys. He started a real estate brokerage firm, similar to what I do, uh, called the Staubach Company. Go figure. They're in Dallas, and he grew it to be massive, to the point where JLL came in. Once again, JLL stands for Jones Lane LaSalle. Um, JLL came in and bought Staubach Company back in 2009, somewhere around there, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, for like $400 million. And so if you look at all the athletes – that you know net worth of these athletes, Roger Staubach's actually like up in the top ten. Interesting, because of what he did post sports yeah. playing, not during his sports yes. years. So you got Ronaldo. And you got, he, he, he was getting paid well, but no, not, not the modern stuff. Not, you know what I mean? Yeah, not back like in the at day. the time, sure. But yeah, well, maybe even not then. Yeah, I I, I, nothing compared. I mean, you probably got paid more in the NFL that Roger Staubach did? Question mark. Uh, probably in the modern yeah, era versus probably. yeah, that's a weird thought. It's it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, so Roger Staubach, he when I first got in with JLL in 2013, he was still on the on the board. He still showed up to our events. So we do a big brokerage event every year. Fact, so you're talking to him occasionally, maybe. So we I, we ran into him. We'd rub shoulders yeah. and and say hi. And then a, a story real quick uh, about Roger Staubach. This is a podcast. Nothing needs to be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got time. This is yeah. like TV. I, this is TV, not BYSN. I, TV, I've got my producer in my ear being like, yeah. hey, count it down. You get five seconds to get out of this thing. And yeah. so I'm in a rush. No, rush. Here, we got You're all day. Good. You're yeah. good. These people are listening. They're like, no, I do need to get somewhere. You're in for it. No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Put, Put it on 2X if you're all, in a hurry. All of you that are listening, we appreciate it. Um, so Roger Staubach, uh, so I had a client here locally, a uh, big company, and I was kind of trying to pitch for their services. And I walked into the CEO's office, and he had memorabilia all over his walls. Uh, all for, you know, st- BYU stuff. He's a big BYU fan. Big BYU stuff, NFL stuff, baseball stuff, NBA, everything. And I was like, man, this is really impressive. He's like, oh, thanks. Taking years to kind of get it all. And I go, one question. What is the one thing you're missing? Like, well, what is the one thing you want here? He's like, well, I grew up in Texas, and I grew up a big Cowboys fan. He's like, so I'm a big Roger Staubach fan, and I don't have anything of his. I go, you know what? I got you taken care of. So the next day, <laughs> the next day I actually called. Uh, I still have some uh, guys that, with the Raiders. So I called the Raiders and I said, hey, can you give me an NFL game used football? I know that Staubach didn't play the Raiders, but I just I wanted the football. And they're like, yeah, it's on its way. So they, they shipped me a football. I then shipped it down to Roger's uh, secretary, called her, and she's like, yeah, Roger's in and out, but yeah, he'll get a sign, no problem. Sure enough, like three weeks later, the football shows up. I take it to this client, and the rest is history. The guy, the guy, I've never seen somebody with a grin on his face as big as this. I had him addressed <laughs> to him oh, from personalized? Roger, yeah, personalized, wow. and it was uh, it was kind of cool, kind of next level. But uh, uh, but yeah, Roger, Roger's no longer. I mean, he'll you know he pops his face in and out. But uh, when I first joined, he was going on big pitches. I, I know, mm. I knew, I know some colleagues of mine that went and pitched big accounts, uh, and he would fly in. In fact, another fun story about Roger. Uh, he, uh, the, the Marriott, Marriott Hotels was moving their headquarters um, across, you know, state lines. So only like 10 miles, but I think they were in Maryland and moving, or D.C. moving to Maryland, something like that. And I, the COO of the company, 
is the father of a friend of mine. And we went to lunch one day and I said, Hey, uh, you know, I hear that you guys might be moving. Have you engaged brokers? And they said, yeah, actually we just had your colleagues that work out there in DC into our office. And, uh, you know, I pushed them off. They kept contacting me. I said, we're good. We're good. We're good. And all of a sudden they contacted me one day and said, well, what if we bring a guy named Roger Staubach in? Would you take the meeting? He's like, oh, I'll definitely take the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so Roger Staubach flew out there for that meeting yeah. and sat in on the meeting. So That's amazing. Uh, pretty cool story. He was kind of, we called him our mascot. He kind of just went around and, <laughs> and uh, he, he jumped in on pitches and uh, kind of showed his face. But but honestly, when I met him and, and in person, we chatted for a few minutes here and there at these conferences. The guy, and when he get up, he get up on the stand, one of the most genuine human beings out there and just all around class act, fantastic guy. Somebody you'd want to emulate, right? Somebody you want to be like as, as, as you get in the business and, and, and try to pattern your career after him. So absolute stud. That's really cool. That's awesome. If you drive on I-15, you've maybe seen David's name on some real estate, <laughs> right? Your name's out there. Yeah, your num- yeah. Your number's there. Call David call, Nixon for your commercial me, yeah. real estate needs. Yeah, yeah you know what? Uh, my business, majority of my business is representing people that need space, right? There's other people, for example, in residential real estate, there's guys that represent the buyers, there's guys right. that represent the sellers. So the guys that represent the sellers are the ones that have their signs out in the people's yards, right? It's the same thing in commercial. If you represent the landlords or the lessors, then you're going to have a sign up on their building, right? Majority of our business is representing, quote unquote, the buyers or the lessees. And so we don't have lots of signs per se. We do have, we have some, we, we're pretty select on which buildings we like to represent. Um, and so we do have our signs out there. But most of my business is representing clients that are out there looking for space, and we help them go negotiate leases and make sure they're protected on growth and uh, that they're, they've got a good financial deal in place. So it's a fun, it's a fun business. During a pandemic, when people are working from home more, has that affected your business quite a bit? Yeah, it has. I mean, 2020, right when the pandemic hit, it was uh, it shut it down almost overnight. Fortunately, because of who we are, with the firm we're at, uh, Jimmy or Jim and I are at with JLL. James. We, James. We head up the Salt Lake office. And so for us, we got all the big national leads still come through us. Mm. And so it was interesting because all the local companies, you know, thought the, the sky was falling and, and uh, the, the world was coming to an end. But all the national companies were like, well, listen, we know this is going to pass and we're going to still need office space. We still need employees to come to work. And yeah. so- Fortunately, during the pandemic in 2020, we transacted on some larger deals because of our national pipeline. Um, but then, yeah, 2021, believe it or not, was my best year in the business. Interesting. Which, as people got back in. As people started to get back in the office, there were other. I was also hunting other opportunities. We had clients that wanted to buy buildings because interest rate rates were still low. Oh, right. So I had, okay. I yeah. had multiple clients that wanted to go own real estate. Um, and so we, we, I transacted on a few big uh, transactions that way, too. So, um, yeah, just being flexible. And hmm. it's, a, it's a crazy market. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what is the future of office space as a whole. I mean, there's, yeah. there is a lot of talk of work from home or a hybrid of sorts. Yeah. And so we're tracking that really closely. And we've got clients that are constantly looking at that. And within JLL, because of our size, we have groups internally that will help map it out and, and show you the pros and cons and, and look at your metrics and figure out what's best suited for your company. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. That's kind of my daily gig, you know, helping companies – Take care of their commercial real estate is about as as vanilla as it gets. Hey, let's go. Vanilla's good, you know, uh, with uh, peach cobbler especially. Okay, let's talk about your life now. Are you born in College Station? Born in Bryan, Texas, technically. Bryan is Bryan is Provo Norum, right? They're next door to each other. Gotcha. 
So uh, the hospital, I was born as Techline Bryan. But yes, grew up in College Station uh, my entire life. And uh, Same house? Same house. I think maybe we moved when I was like three or four. But yeah, as far as I can remember. Yes. And you have a big family, right? Yeah, there's 10 of us kids. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was 10. Yeah, 10. My mom's one of 10. It, I love all my uncles and aunts and that whole deal. It's, it's amazing. great. So five boys, five girls. Oh, wow. My dad's an accountant, so he said the debits and credits had to even out. Uh, so he got- <laughs> You've said that joke so many times. It's, it's, it's a joke that never, I mean, it never gets old, right? That's great. I mean, over the pulpit, anywhere, he, you'll hear him say it. Always it always slides. Uh, yeah. It always gets a little chuckle. Um but yeah, we grew up. Uh, we grew up all in Texas. So my dad was a professor. Went to BYU. Met my mom here at BYU, um, who she was actually a convert of the church. That that whole story is fascinating as well. Um, Let's hear it. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. No, why? We'll jump into it now. Know your audience. Okay. Yeah. So my mom grew up in Mississippi. Uh, she was not a member. Her parents divorced when she was about age sixteen, so she was living with her mom in Mississippi. My my grandpa moved to Oklahoma. Uh, my mom. Like I said, 16, 17, the missionaries just tracked into their house, knocked on the door. And my my um, grandmother was a big smoker and drinker at the time. They let these missionaries in and started having these discussions. And now it's rolled around. I think they went through quite a few set of missionaries, you know, took took some time. But my mom's now getting ready to go to college. She was all set to go to Mississippi State. And she had her, her best friend from high school was, was going to be a roommate. Like everything was locked and loaded. And all of a sudden, my mom was like, there's just something about what I'm hearing. I want to go to the BYU. And from that, the South, from the not South, a member of the church. Just, that's just a wild thought. Wild story. Right? It's completely wild. Huh. And so, my grandpa, in the meantime, is hearing about all listening to the missionaries. He starts listening to the missionaries in Oklahoma. My mom comes out to BYU. My grandpa gets baptized. My grandma gets baptized. My mom gets baptized. And ultimately, my grandparents get remarried. Uh, and get sealed in the temple and become temple workers. And, oh wow! Yeah, remarried, remarried, and then sealed. The church brought them. The church brought them back together. Wow. My mom meets my dad here at BYU, uh, and then my dad um, goes and gets his master's and PhD from Texas A&M and stayed on as faculty there for forty-two years. He taught at Texas A&M for forty-two. Years. Taught at Texas A&M. For, he had Johnny a, Manziel didn't go to class. Otherwise, he would have taught Johnny. Maybe. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> No one judged. In accounting? Was, yeah, accounting. Okay. Yeah, he's an yeah, accounting no professor. No, no and he way. was yeah. upper level accounting. So we're not talking 100, accounting 100. This is more of the- uh, this 400, is, 500. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is the upper uh, MBA tech <laughs> stuff as well. So he had a stint as the associate dean of the business school for a while as well. Did some. Uh, he, he did a lot of, in fact, he's still doing some consulting with Halliburton, big oil and gas company. And so, um, so yeah, we, we grew up uh, at 111 Lee Street which was about three houses to the south of AM campus. No way. And that so close. That close. You guys walking to work? Uh, yeah, he did some. Uh, they, they, you know, AM grew like crazy. So they eventually yeah. built a building a little bit on the further, the periphery. And so he had to, he started driving, but he rode his bike for years and walked. And That's we grew, awesome. we grew up going to see him at work and walking over there and riding bikes all around campus. AM's and, a huge part of your life. Huge part of my life to, to the point where, once again, growing up, we went to the bonfire, the a bonfire. I still remember to this day waking up that morning when it fell and hearing the sirens because we're that close. Just describe what you're telling me. I don't know what this so is. Texas there was an event. 2000 and it would have been about two or so, um, the, the, the bonfire, a before every uh, rivalry game against the Longhorns, they would take these massive trees and create a huge bonfire. Okay. And, and 
they would the students because A&M's an engineering school. Yes, the students would go in and they would work on this bonfire, and they would get, um, they would be harnessed in, and they they would put up a massive pole. You know, I don't even know how tall. Are you saying pole. it's oh that tall? Oh, it's huge, okay, crazy. We're, we're talking massive, like the biggest bonfire. There yeah, is. I mean, yeah. there. I think it got up to like eighty feet, maybe a hundred feet. Oh my gosh! And so what they do is they put up a massive pole beam in the middle, and then they would stack these logs around it. And layer like a wedding cake, right? Mm. Um, and they did this for years. And then, but the the night before the UT game, they would set it on fire. They have a pep rally with the football team would come yeah. out and they set it on fire. And at the top was a little. They put like a little Texas Longhorn outhouse, and that would burn in flames. Yeah, and, you know. Anyways, uh, in two thousand and uh, I got I get the date, but uh, early two thousands, um, they were working on it. It rained a ton, and the, and the ground softened. And there were students on it, I think 12 of, uh, 11 of them, mm. uh, 13 of them. So I, I got to get those numbers right too. But um, the, the, this pile gave way and killed uh, killed students. I've not heard of this. That's uh, terrible. Yeah, it was absolutely – it was it was uh, horrific. It was national news. And um, to A&M as a small-knit community, it hit us really hard, yeah. you know, especially you got these students, right? I mean – uh, we've seen what's happened to the U, and I think this whole state has rallied around the U with what's happened with their students that passed away. Yes, now imagine two having, murders, right? Yeah, yeah. and now really imagine sad. imagine having that happen in one fell swoop, especially mm. with such a tradition that's been going on for so many years. And so, and you heard the ambulance. So I remember waking up that morning hearing the ambulances because we were only a, not even a mile away. And um, and it, anyway, so yes, to go back to your point, it's it was an integral part of my life. Uh, I tell people I grew up. Frankly, I grew up more of an A&M football fan than I did at BYU. I always loved BYU because my parents went there. Uh, the fun fact: all ten of my, all nine of my siblings, all ten of us went to BYU. All ten of us found our spouses at BYU. Oh wow, a hundred percent! It's wow. absolutely wild. You guys, uh, you guys were more accurate than Jim or Jeez. Yeah, yeah, we were <laughs> batting a thousand easy. Uh, but we, wow. you know, we're worth BYU through and through family, um, and we've got niece and nephews going to BYU. Just the, the tradition continues. But, but we grew up huge A&M fans. How and, could you not? And, well, and, and to the point is, even though all these all of us went to BYU, my parents went to BYU, I, I, I followed A&M games. I went to A&M games. It's in my backyard, essentially, right? And so, I tell people, I actually, you know, I love how you and, and Spencer, when we get around each other, you guys know the history of BYU like none other. And unfortunately, I don't know it as well. I mean, I have, I've gotten to know it, obviously, over the years. But when I, I remember coming to BYU, I didn't know half these guys were coming around the facility, right? Jason Bucks and those type of guys. I was like, I don't really know who you are. But then yeah. I, I've quickly got indoctrinated on who these, these studs are. But you could have done it with A&M. Oh, A&M. I knew those guys as far back as possible. I knew all those guys, you yeah. know? And so it was, it was just interesting coming to BYU and, and, and having been kind of a bigger fan of A&M. But a uh, huge part of my life, uh, awesome university. Uh, but uh, obviously – very happy I chose BYU and, and set my roots here at uh, in Provo and here in Utah. One time I visited Texas A&M and I was text uh, I was texting you. I was saying, "Hey, where should I go? What should I see? Yeah. Where should I eat?" Yeah, it was awesome, dude. It's it's just a it was so cool. The cool thing about there is it was kind of similar to Provo. It's a college town, right? If, totally. Without A&M called station, Texas doesn't exist. It's ninety minutes outside of Houston or whatever, right? Correct. Like, yeah, central. Middle. It's central Texas, so you're, yeah. you're you're an hour and a half to Houston, three hours to Dallas, hour and a half to Austin. So it's essentially That's a great spot. It's a great spot. We yeah. you know we we go to all those cities, um, and so it's it's a great spot. It's it's flat. You know, oh yeah, yeah. There's not much to it. Driving by so many ranches on oh, the yeah. way out, it was it was a fun drive. I growing, enjoyed it. Growing up in high school, Friday night lights. We'd play Friday night, 
after the game to, to, to celebrate our victories, we would go to one of our buddies' pastures, back up our trucks. I mean, this is like what you see in the movies, and it's yes. true. Yes. We back up our trucks, turn on music, and uh, just hang out. And there maybe they were having some different beverages or something. Uh, but, Your Mountain uh, Dews were consumed at that's a high right. level. My, my Dr. Peppers, were uh, <laughs> they had them stacked for oh, me. Oh, way to pull a Texas drink out. Nice. Had to. That's, uh, if, you, if you don't drink Waco. Dr. Pepper, something's wrong with you. That's, that's right. The official drink of the Big 12, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Although, this is a Coca-Cola school here, so that'll be a be fun careful. little battle yeah. there. <laughs> Speaking of, Dasani being consumed. A Coca-Cola product. There it is. Yeah. So, Friday Night Lights and Texas and the whole deal. How do you not go to Texas A&M? I'll be honest, it was hard. Um, I'm glad you didn't. We wouldn't be having this conversation. No, we wouldn't be. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that my recruiting story is kind of fascinating. So my junior year in high school, I didn't start. Uh, I, You're the Michael Jordan of <laughs> College Station, Texas? That's what I should tell myself, yes. <laughs> you didn't make it. So I didn't start my junior year. They, the senior started in front of me. But I would go replace him about halfway through the first quarter, maybe at the end of the first quarter, and play the entire rest of the game. Uh, it's a whole other story to be saved. Political day. Yeah, something. there was, there was okay. definitely some political stuff going on, yeah. especially in Texas. You can probably only imagine. Yeah. Um, so as a result, I had good stats, but I wasn't technically a starter. So I think I didn't fall on a lot of people's radars my junior year. Mm. Fortunately, I still got recognized with some all-conference honors and things like that. And uh, because I'm in Texas backyard, in fact – the O-line coach for A&M, his son was on my football team, uh, Nick Grimes. and uh, No relation to no, Jeff? No, 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 no relation. Um, and so Coach Grimes was the was O-line coach at A&M. He, uh, he recognized he'd been to my games because he's coming to watch his son. And so I remember one day we're, we're lifting weights, and I look over, I see him walk in, walk in the weight room, right, with A&M on his, you know, on his jacket. And all of us are kind of like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know. Once again, I don't think I'm on anybody's radar. To be honest, I didn't think I was really college football material. Because growing up in Texas, I'm watching these guys A&M, and I'm just like, they're next level. Like I, I, you know, I don't belong on the field with those guys. And so I never really thought I was D1 material. Physically, what are you, junior year? Uh, height weight? You know, I've always been about I, – I tapped out height-wise like my freshman year in high school. Oh, interesting. I've always been 6'3 since freshman. I was always taller. Yeah. Probably my junior year I was probably 195, 200, maybe 200 pushing 200. Um, and all of a sudden he walks in the weight room and uh, the coach comes over. He's like, Dave, Coach Grimes will talk to you. I'm like, about what? <laughs> like, what I do? He's like, come to the office. I go in and – Coach Grimes, like, hey, just wants you to know, I've been watching your film. I really love the way you're playing. Talk to R.C. Slocum, the head coach. We want to offer you a scholarship. I was like, wait, what? I kind of looked around like, I'm surely Ashton Kutcher is somewhere around here. I'm getting punked right now. Uh, and uh, he's like, we want to offer you a, a full ride. He's like, the offer's in the mail. And sure enough, two days later, uh, the offer letter comes in the mail. Oh, wow. Is this 01? This is 02. Let's see, 02, okay. right? Because I'm heading to 03, yeah. And and I'm just kind of blown away. I'm like, I, I I remember going home and I was just like, I couldn't believe it, right? And so a couple months later, so AM offers, all of a sudden the word gets out, start getting some more interest. Did you have other offers? No, they were my very first. Are you serious? Yeah, AM was my very first offer. Yeah. Well, I would well, I guess I would hope so since you're in their backyard. Yeah, that's like, right. 
Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody else yet. Interesting. Then what happened? After your junior year? That's right. After okay. my junior year. still in my junior year. It's this the spring an, of junior year. This is an ancient time. You have to offer like freshmen and sophomores now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. How have they even played and shown what they can do? It's well, wild. It's next level too because you, we didn't have Twitter. Right, so I wasn't no I wasn't huddle. tweeting I wasn't tweeting out my huddle highlights right? and stuff, and so it was different. It was definitely a different time. I think Rivals was around, but it still wasn't super trusted. I think, you know, things like that. It just wasn't near as popular, and there weren't. I mean, there were camps. I went to camps, and we'll get to that. But uh, it's it, it was just it's not the same as it is today, right? So anyway, so so all of a sudden I go. There's a Nike camp, which were the big things back then, and coincidentally. A&M was hosting it in mm. College Station because it's, once again, it's century located, right? So kids from all over the state can come down to this big Nike camp. For, oh, from all of Texas. From all of Texas. Oh, this, this, is, this, is all, this is all the kids. So I didn't get invited, but my head coach, uh, his name was Jim Slaughter, which is a great last name for a, Texas, for a Texas high school coach. <laughs> coach Slaughter <laughs> called up the guys at A&M and were like, listen, uh, we want to. Can we get Nixon in there? And they were like, "Yeah, just have him come up here. You know, we'll figure it out." So I'm that guy that shows up, and all these other kids, these you know, f- five star kids, are all getting their little badges and their swag bags. I walk up, and they're like, "Nixon, Nixon, uh, no Nixon here." You know, and I'm like, "I swear they told me to come up here." Uh, eventually, they're like, "You know, like, okay, we'll just get you in." So they, you know, they they take a sharpie and like write my number in on my little badge thing. I'm like, "This is so embarrassing." Uh, and I walk on the field, and there's Miami, Florida State, Florida, Alabama. Every, every college in the country is at this Nike camp. And we do some drills, and all of a sudden we get to the 40-yard dash. And fortunately, I was blessed with some speed, and I uh, I put like a 4-5-6. Oh. And I blew away some of the other, uh, some other guys. And all of a sudden, the camp ends, and I have lots of these coaches coming up and ta- chatting. And, and like so what, I, what schools? Uh, so, I mean, I end up having, I'd probably say a lot of offers. My best offer outside of A&M and BYU, uh, was LSU. I had LSU contact me and offer me on the phone that the, uh, DC at the time contacted me a couple of months later, yeah. but they, they offered, uh, um, LSU, a small little known school out of Louisiana. Yeah. They only won the national championship <laughs> that my freshman year, Yeah, it's, uh, which, uh, you would have been a yeah, national champion. about that, about that. <laughs> I, I may or may not have a ring. Um, but uh, but anyways, and so from there, that kind of put me on the that put me on the kind of everyone's uh, radar, and so um, you know, Pac-12 schools, Arizona, and, uh, UCLA had did you tell on Nebraska? Do what? Did Utah want you? Um, Utah won me. It's funny because we talked to Kalani. I was, Kalani was at Utah at the time. He knew about me. He says he recruited me, but I don't. They may have. <laughs> Uh, I I actually kept a shoebox of all my offers. You still and have letters. It? I do, I don't know where it is. Mm. I gotta find it. That'd be a fun. It'd be fun open, to go back through yeah. it at this, at this time of life. But uh, anyways, and so once again, Anum's already offered. These other schools start keep start flocking in. BYU has still not offered, and BYU has still not BYU still not shown a lot of interest either. Are you bothered by this? Very bothered. I wanted to go to BYU because my older siblings have all been at BYU. They've loved the experience of BYU. What kid are you in the tent? I'm number six, so I've got five older you siblings. Five, the all upper, gone. you're the first of the second that's right. tier. That's right. Yeah. So that's, I loved growing up where I was because I got to hang. Out, I got to know my older siblings really well, and I got to know my younger siblings. Because there's there's a 20 year gap, so my oldest sister and youngest brother didn't even live in the house at the same Different time. Different relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were all very close, but right. but they never lived with each other. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm, I'm getting bothered by this. Uh. And kind of what led to it all, BYU started showing a little interest, just calling, 
but it wasn't it wasn't like I was seeing. I mean, I had Texas A&M's R.C. Slocum call me every single week. You know, the head they, coach, the head of coach. a Big Twelve team. That's right, and they were pretty good back then too. You know, yeah, they they'd won the Big Twelve just a couple of years before that, and um, and I was getting bugged, but I was patient about it. Who's at BYU at the time? This is, is Crone. Crone's at, at Crone's head coach. I'm trying to think who the DC was before. It Bronco. was Ken Schmidt. Ken Schmidt. That's right. So Schmidt and Staff and yeah. and Staff, Staff aren't contacting you to the degree so you the want. So the crazy at the thing time. about this story too okay. is Gary Crone's nephew was on my high school football team. <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuse. <laughs> yeah, the, There's no excuse. And, and so he knew of me. Yeah. And uh, LDS kid performing well. Four, five, six at the Nike camp. Siblings go to BYU. You should at least have a conversation. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and and what's getting conversations were happening, but they weren't the call the calls I was getting from them were nothing compared to what I was having with other schools. You're feeling the love. From LSU and love. Texas A&M. And so And you're like, BYU, come on. And they're like, come out to our football camp. And so I scheduled the football camp, a week long football camp to come out to BYU. The week prior to to, to BYU's football camp was AM's uh two day camp. And I said I'd go to that one just out of you know because uh, they were like my best offer. Uh, the one they were, I was going to A and M or BYU. It was one of the two. LSU was really intriguing, but I was either going to stay home or come to BYU. You knew, yeah, I knew, I knew. Okay. Um, and so I remember you know getting ready for the camps. I go to A and M's camp. There's 20 of us linebackers there, right? The defensive coordinator is like Nixon. You come with me. The D coordinator takes me over to the offensive line, and for the next like three hours. Him and I work on pass rushing moves. He's showing me, he's, he's like making these linemen come over here. He's like, hey, you just stand here. He's like, all right, Dave, try this on him. Do this on this guy. Try, try moving your hips this way. I mean, it was a one-on-one session with the A&M defensive coordinator for three hours. That's unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And, and I left being like, geez, these guys are the best. But I still want to go to BYU, right? So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to come to BYU. We've had calls. They knew who I am. Hopefully, I go up there and ball out their camp, and and it turns into something. You Do you know? have an offer yet? No, offer still not on the table for me. But for you're BYU. like, just give me an offer and I'll go. Pretty Is much. that what you're thinking? Yes, hundred okay. percent. So I come to BYU. I show up that first day, and I talked to Schmidt on the phone, and uh, we'd had conversations. And I show up and I go like shake his hand, say hi, and he like kind of blows me off and acts like he has no idea who I am. And I'm like, I was just super confused. I was like, wait. I just came from A&M. The D.C. was like, spent all his time, and, and you're just blowing me off? You're always giving you reasons not to come Yeah, it, it, was, feels it, was, like. it was hard. And, and so I go the first like, couple days of camp, and they were still not showing me a lot of love. And so – What did you want for them to do? I just wanted an offer. And wanted I wanted an offer. And I, would, I was going to – not maybe accept at that exact moment, but I was going to jump on it. And so sure enough, we do our 40s. I ran another good 40. What was it? I think it was that four, five, six, four, five, seven range, something like that. Which Similar. for those, for a linebacker, that's flying. Yeah, it was like it, that's incredible. It's about the only thing I was blessed with. But uh, were you faster than Austin Cullen? <laughs> I don't think so. Because Austin was like, yeah, he's I a, say Austin was there. a high four, five guy. No, Austin's uh, Austin's Austin's quick too. Yes. Um, and keep in mind, I was only at this point I was two ten, so I wasn't like you know, uh, yeah, it was it was good, it was good, so, yeah, I, I had good speed, right? Yes. That's why, that's why I played outside linebacker at BYU is because I, 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 could, I could catch guys. Um, and so, anyways, at camp, not showing the love, I, 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 play, I, I ran a good 40, had a good showing, but they're still not showing love. And I remember, I, di- I distinctly remember this. I, that night, I'm in the dorms, because that's where we stay for the camps, right? I call my parents. And I still hadn't gotten an offer. 
And I called him and said, I'm committing him. I'm going to him. And I was like, I'm going to finish out this camp. I kind of forget these guys. I'm done here. I'm going to him because they're not showing me love. I still don't have an offer. Yeah. What am I, why am I even here? Sure. And the very next morning, while we're stretching at, at AM camp, getting ready, or at Joey camp, getting ready for the day, Gary Croden comes up, pulls me aside. He's like, hey, we want to offer you a full ride. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to punch you in the face so bad right now, Gary. Uh, and, of course, I was in, in, like inside. I was ecstatic, right? I mean, this was like what I hoped for my whole life, basically. Um, and so I finished the camp. I think the like, next week or two weeks later, I went to EFY. And uh, I'm on like a spiritual high, of course. But I, I want to commit anyways. And uh, while I was at EFY, I called and committed to, to BYU. And prior so you were back summer, on campus? I was, oh, no, was that, was, that was in Texas. In EFY Texas. was in Texas okay. and Austin, yeah. Texas, actually. You're like, I'm committing to Texas. They don't know it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, committed, called Gary and committed. And uh, it was hard to break the news to A&M. With that being said, credit to them. They said, that's fine. We're going to still recruit you just as hard as we have. And R.C. Slocum continued to call me every single week. Wow. Until signing day. Wow. It was pretty. It was a pretty wild story. Just in case. And, and to that point, R.C., because we created that friendship, and, and I may or may not have still gone to pretty much every A&M home game, even while I was still committed to BYU. Sure. <laughs> As kids still do now. But um, I remember, speaking of R.C., uh, a couple years ago we did, uh, for AFR, leading up to – uh, the season in August, we kind of do some flashbacks of games, and we showcase the Tide at Moraine game. And um, wait, was it '96 or was it? It was probably the '96 game. Yeah, the '96 one that didn't have Tide. Or no, not Tide. Sark. Sark. Excuse yep. me, Sark. Yep. We. Uh, I was like, the, the Tide at Moraine game didn't go well. No, it did not go well. Yeah. But but I remember we talked about Tide for a little bit. But we also we gotcha. talked about Sark. Um, but anyways, I, I called RC. I got a hold of him. He's still at A&M. And I, I got a oh, hold of him. Oh, he's Yeah, he's, he's now in kind of a uh, just a board of directors role. Uh, yeah. And just kind of helping, you know, sure. raise raise money. and he's still around. Yeah, he's still around. Nice. And uh, I called him, and we had a good chat for probably a half hour, hour, and uh, just caught up. And um, he's also just the nicest guy alive. I'll tell you what, when it came down to signing, I, you know, I was still committed to BYU. I was going to go to BYU, but Andy was making hard. They ended up firing R.C. Slocum. Mm-hmm. Right before signing day, oh. and they brought in Dennis Francione, who came from Alabama, and I is another crazy story. I, he called me into his office because he wanted to see if there's a way he could sway me still. And I asked him, you know, being a member of the church, I said, "Hey, just curious, what's your stance on missionaries?" And he paused and goes, "You know what? I've never really dealt with missionaries. I don't know how we'd handle your scholarship with that." And I literally told him right there, I was like. That's great. That's all I need to hear. You know, appreciate your time. Hope you have a good day. Walked out and never looked back. I mean, that was that's all I needed to know. So, because um, you were going on a mission, I was going on a mission. Yeah. You were going to play first, play first, and then go, which yep. is what you did at BYU. Is what I did. Yep. yep. So, obviously, uh, signed, came to BYU. Um, this is oh three. Oh three. Bronco is now the D coordinator. Bronco's first year comes from New Mexico. So Bronco ended yep. up recruiting me at the very end. You know, he got hired. Um, and it recruited me at the end. Um, Did they still – Gary's still the head coach, so your your scholarship's still good? Yeah, scholarship's still good. Off's Gary still stayed. Good. Yeah. And uh, scholarship's still – yeah, everything was good. Signed. And, and so I was part of Broncos' first class, uh, and I think we've always kind of held a bond because of that. But and he, that's a loaded group, by the way. 
Like, the team didn't do well in terms of winning, but that defense that was defense, incredible. Yeah, I think we still ended up top 20 in the country, even though we, as a team, our offense struggled because quarterback pro- – we had Matt Berry mm. broke his finger. John Beck was a freshman, got concussions. Yep. Um, Todd Mortensen was trying to play. It was just a we had bad we had we had bad breaks with the quarterback play. Pun intended. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was it was defensively we had Aaron Francisco, yes, Gennaro Guilford, Brady, Brady Papinga, Manaya Brown. Yeah. I mean John Denny, right? There I are mean, like five NFL dudes. Oh, it if was not more. Uh, Colby Buckwalt NFL. Yep. Uh, Mike Tanner, I think he may have got on a team at practice squad or something like that. Uh, we, I mean, we had so much talent. Loaded. And that's also when we ran the 3-3-5. Yep. That's the defense that Bronco brought over from uh, New Mexico. and we, So we were blitzing all over the place. It was a crazy defense. Guys flying all around. We're bringing down Aaron Francisco on safety blitz at the staff of the ball, and all of a sudden I'm running like the pipe or I'm running the seam, and it's just like mass chaos and confusion. Uh, for as a freshman, my head was spinning, but it was also fun. I mean, Bronco, I remember against San Diego State my freshman year, Bronco uh, dialed up back-to-back blitzes for me to go in. I got like back-to-back sacks. I don't think mm. back-to-back, but I got I had two sacks in that game, um, and it was all because of this defense. Bronco had dialed up. It was it was fun, but uh, but but Bronco. <laughs> so Bronco, Bronco is okay. Bronco was called in to kind of clean things up a little bit, even as a D coordinator, just tighten it up a little bit, right? So Bronco, You're talking off the field? Yeah, just in the program too. I think we had we had a lot of talent, but on I the think, field, or, yeah, because uh, unfortunately, off was later. It yeah, it got it, out of control. It gets out of control. Yep, on the field and Gary too. Gary has I, to fall on his sword. For that's them. right. Yeah, Pri- this is me. I'm I'm prior. That happens on my mission. Mm-hmm. But you, things were already. We had a lot of JUCO guys, a lot of talented guys, but needed some direction. So Bronco, I think, was kind of hired to help with that. And so Bronco, my freshman year, wasn't the most pleasant human being to be around. Mm. I've mean, heard he, this. He didn't. He didn't want to talk to a soul. He didn't want to acknowledge you. He was extremely hard on you as as a player. I mean, we huh. we, we run those pursuits and all that stuff, and he would kill us. Um, and so when I go on my mission, you know, we I played that year. Uh, we had we, we didn't make a bowl game. It was it was a tough one. We, that's the year we lost to Utah three to nothing. Yep, um, I read that on my mission and was. I had a terrible day. <laughs> yeah. Because Try- it wasn't just losing. It was the shutout, yes, not being yes. shutout streak ended right. that BYU owned. And I was like, what? Like, who cares? Well, but- it, was, it was like a, there was like six inches of snow on the field. In that, in that game, the snow was coming down so hard, we could not see Bronco on the sideline. <laughs> like, we would look to the sideline to get our hand signals, right? Because Bronco's defense, all defenses, you're, it's all based off hand signals. We couldn't see him. Are you telling me like one half of the field you couldn't see? Yeah, dead serious. So if the ball's thrown to one side, you don't know where the ball is B- at all? ball wasn't being thrown this game. There was no throwing <laughs> right, in this right, game. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> but we, we, we couldn't see we, – yeah, we couldn't see Bronco. So we started calling – we just call our own plays. You, you, I mean, you couldn't see anything. So the, it, the, the blizzard was real. Uh, and so it was just a punt fest. And, just, and one field and goal then, was made. And then I, I, got, I, I have a bad memory, but I think, yeah, I think we turned the ball over. They got like on the 25 and just somehow made a miracle field goal. M- moved away snow. and It's Urban made, Meyer coaching yeah. Utah and the whole deal. It was a, it was a, that was a nutty game. But uh, anyways, I go on my mission. Ecuador? Where'd you Ecuador, go? Ecuador. Quito, Ecuador. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, leave, I leave at 227 pounds. I eventually come back at 197 pounds. Oh, wow. Um, so that was fun. But uh, go on a mission, and, and I hear the news of Croden getting fired uh, while I'm on a mission, and I come to find out that Broncos, the head coach, 
And I'll be honest, there was a minute there where I thought, I don't know if I want to play for Bronco. I, I get he wasn't the most pleasant person to be around. But it kind of went back to where, you know, we had created kind of a special bond with him recruiting me. And he came to College Station multiple times. Um, and I was his first kind of recruiting class. And and so I was like, you know, I, I, once again, it's not about the coaches for me. It's about being at BYU in the environment and and kind of following my, my siblings' footsteps and all that fun stuff. And so ultimately I was like, yeah, no, BYU is – View is the right spot. So I came I came back and and Bronco had evolved even then over just those couple of years and had had become much more personable and and I think I think I think he'd helped clean up the mess and I think he was more secure with himself and the program where it was at and where it was headed. If you remember that two thousand six year was a lot of seniors. So I think he had some confidence with that, knowing that he's got, you know, these yes. guys with a lot of experience there as well. I know five was on the cusp. Yeah. Like it was a top ten offense. Six and six, some close losses, recovered to make a bowl game in 05. Oh, yeah. We the, the, the story yes. with that is yes. I get released from my mission December 22nd. Like, we fly home uh, to Texas. I get released by my stake president, and I drive home to see my family to do, you know, because Texas, you can't find it. You can't find a call station, but our flight got canceled. So we had to rent a car, drive from Houston to call station. Anyways, get released. I walk into my house. Everyone's giving me hugs. I'm like, get away from me. I'm going – I go straight to the couch, take off my tie, and take off my coat, and watch the BYU uh, Cal, Cal game, game. With Deshaun Jackson yes. and Marshawn Lynch. I watched the bowl game. It was like the best homecoming I could ever have is to sit there and watch my guys on on, uh, on ESPN or whatever it was, ABC. Close loss, but there was a lot of hope for that group of like, okay, got back to a bowl game, a lot of returning guys. And they were, exactly. They were young. You had John yep. coming back. Yep. You had Curtis John, coming back. Going to be I mean, seniors. All these guys, right? Johnny and the whole deal. So I got off a mission. Broncos much better, uh, you know, state of mind, and and of course the next three years is just absolute bliss with uh, the whole crew. Oh six, oh seven, oh eight, and oh nine. After you graduated, there's never been more wins in a four year span. Forty three. Lavelle never put up forty three in a four year span. Interesting. Yeah, we went thirty. I went thirty two and seven my last three years at BYU under Bronco. Eleven and two. A lot of eleven and two. Back to back Mountain Conference champs. Yep. And then ten and three my senior year. That ten three senior year was quest for perfection. We were rolling, yeah. top ten in the country, and, and it ran. just happened to be that Utah was going to have their probably greatest year ever, yeah. maybe second to what they did this yeah. last year, Sugar Bowl year. And then TCU was amazing too. TCU, yeah. So right. it was like there were three teams in the top twenty from BYU. Yeah, from the and Middle they're all West. legit, all legit too. Three in the top fifteen? Question mark. Yeah, because when you play at Utah in 08, they're seventh, BYU's fourteenth. And that's like the best matchup ever. Yeah. Two top fifteen teams. Yeah. It was wild. It was wild. Who yeah. cares about that 08 game though? Um <laughs> about that. Yes. Okay, so 06, obviously highlighted by Beck Tarlene. Yeah. But earlier in that season, the TCU game, you have this massive sack fumble situation. Yeah. That that was the game it felt like where you guys were like, Okay, we're actually pretty good. Yeah. Like we're like top twenty five. So we start off Did you feel that way? Totally. We it was that season was a bummer because we started off one and two. Yes. We lost Arizona on a bogus push-off call from Matt Allen and a non-murdering call on Nate Mickle on the punt return. Right? I drove down to this game. To <laughs> oh, yes. There were some blown calls. Yes. I mean, that, that – Johnny fumbles on the first drive or something. It doesn't start great. Or yeah. It was hard. And, yeah. and, then, and then they hit us with a game-winner field goal that just was a dagger. It's from like a 50 From, plus. I think, Nick Folk, who played, who's yeah. still playing in the NFL. I mean, the guy was – NFL guy. All-American. Yeah. And, and – uh, 
So we dropped that game, which is super disappointing because once again we, you know, we're coming off 05. We feel like we have a good team. You didn't lose to Arizona like again, except for you. Wait, I beat. Oh wait, yes, bowl. But like, yes, but in the meantime, Primo said Willie Tuitama beat them. Jay Coldroy, the yeah. game in Vegas last that's year. Right. Like beating Arizona is the thing we do. Yeah. So that's why it was hard. Yeah. It was like, oh. it was it was it was unfortunate. Then and then the next week. Um, Boston College? No, I think we – who did we play the next week? Or you beat someone else. We beat somebody else. I want to say it was – it Tulsa? Oh, boy. Tulsa – oh, Tulsa was in there, yes. I'll was, look it up as, no, as we're speaking. No, oh, Tulsa I think was 07. Maybe it's, they were 06. No, it's Tulsa the next week. It is Tulsa the next week. We that's, beat him at home. That's the Curtis Brown yes. insane run. Run where he, guys are just trying to drag him down. He just – We put it in the it. top 100 plays yeah. when we did that. It was so fun. Yes, it was Tulsa. That's right. Because we paid that in 07. Yes. The next year we go to Tulsa. There was actually a, a, a lightning delay in this game that Harvey Young comes in as a freshman and plays, <laughs> but it doesn't count for some reason for him. Because it was lightning? I actually – well – Well, I'm saying because they just missed it or something or what? I later informed the football team. I said, hey, he had yards you need to add there from this game. They're like, no, so we when don't. He became like, no, we don't. When he became the all-time leading, oh, right. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> no, it's not this is pre-four-game freshman thing, or uh, redshirt thing. Okay, as Boston College. Um, Boston College, we're playing Matt Ryan, who – Still in the NFL. Has bro. done a decent job for himself. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And we go into double overtime, and we drop that one, a close one. And – and so we're sitting now at one and two, but we know we're so much better than this. You got, like I said, veteran John Beck, who, who by the way, against Boston College plays with a double high ankle sprain. I mean, the guy, I think he got those against, uh, I think he got one of them against Arizona, maybe another one against Tulsa. Anyways, the guy was hobbled, absolute warrior, um, balling out. But, uh, you know, this was Cam Jensen's middle backer, me and Kill on the outside, and we had a stacked defense as well, you know, and, and, um, we just knew we were so much better. Fortunately, this is back in the day when we were Mountain West. We still had something to play for, you know. And so we're like, okay, we, we kind of reconvene. We're like, listen, we, we can make a run. We know we're better than those one and two shows. And that's when we proceed to rattle off ten straight wins from there on out. Which don't, is insane. Don't lose in the Mountain West that year. Yep. Beat, beat obviously, Utah, the back to Harleen. You, okay, you, just, you didn't just win. I'm just going to do try and do quick math here. Okay, after this, you win by 38, 14, 30. 45, 17, 21, 45, 35, and then it's the Utah game. You are crushing fools. It was it was crushing. I think the Utah game that year, John Beck didn't even play in. We played we played Ja Beck, which is Jason Beck. Utah State. <laughs> yeah, I guess Utah State. Yes. Did I say Utah? Yeah, Utah 38, State. 38-0, yes. Utah State. Ja Beck. Yes. Now it's Syracuse. <laughs> Not yes. Joe Beck. Ja Beck, we called him. <laughs> it was on the back, <laughs> it was of, their the back of their jerseys. Spencer and I still call him Ja Beck <laughs> and Joe Beck. <laughs> good, good old Joe. So, funny. so you're right. We honestly, by the end of that season, when we go on to play Oregon in the Vegas Bowl, we actually felt pretty slighted because yes, we were at that point when we go to the Vegas Bowl, we're ranked top 15 in the country, maybe 17, top 20. I know for sure. You're sick. You're you're 19th at the moment. At the time, going into the game, going, going into the game, then you finish 16. Finish 16. But Oregon was ranked 21st, but they had. Classic tale, like, oh, we're not in the Rose yeah. Bowl. Well, that's so when Mike Bellotti, Mike Bellotti said that BYU would belong in the bottom tier of the Pac-12. As the Mountain West as, champs. As we're sitting there, Mountain West champs and ranked 19th in You're the country. You're 10-2. It's like, come and, on, and, and the irony of that game is we're facing Oregon team who their offensive coordinator is? Gary Crone. Gary Crone, my old head coach. Was that weird? Uh, we saw him at all the events and caught up with him. I actually saw him at the airport, coincidentally enough, the next morning after the game, flying out, and we caught up on the escalator. 
No, it wasn't weird. I, I've I've always loved Gary. G- Gary was Gary was a great coach. He was a player's coach. Um, but unfortunately, he just didn't have a grasp on everything that ended up happening. Um, but I, I think if you talk to any of his players, everyone loved Gary. And he was a brilliant mind. No, no doubt yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. That 0-1 team is one of the greatest yeah. offenses. What he put out there on the had. field, I mean, he, he knew what he was doing. First um, game, 70 points. Yeah. That was so fun. Yeah. I went to that game in the stands. I was like, this is awesome. It's amazing. So, anyways, uh, that, that was a crazy bowl game. Um, Hold on. Oh, 6 Utah. Let's talk about it for a second. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Okay, Utah scores with 75 seconds left. And I remember telling Spencer on the sideline, we were both students. I was covering it for BYU TV. It was there for, I think, the, the news program, the comms. I said they gave BYU too much. Oh, yeah, 100%. At that point, yeah, the, the touchdown scored. Everyone's going crazy. I freaking love going to BYU at Utah games, by the way. <laughs> I went to every single BYU-Utah game. Have to. From, from 1995 to 2012. When I stopped going, it was because I was producing – pre and post game show and I couldn't go. It's a th- it's like the event of the year for me. It's so fun to hear that place shut up. Oh. It, it just so so there's two fourth downs on that drive. Yeah. You're watching this all on the sidelines. You know what's crazy? What's it like for you? Again? Well so having and played with, Yeah, having played with John that whole year and having blown out teams and seeing how the same page he was with Coach and I and, and calling and running that whole offense. He knew every check possible. I mean John, there's a reason why he's drafted, you know, in the second round. I mean, the, the guy was, was one of the best quarterbacks. And I think still coaching and still coaching at a super high level. He knows the game. Jets brought him in this year because he's too <sighs> smart. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, and so we were all on the exact same page. There was like zero panic on that sideline. Like when when they scored, it was like okay. Uh, he looked at the clock, like you said. And we're like, that's actually plenty of time. In fact, defense, we might have to go back out there. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare yourself. And then, you know, obviously Utah buttoned it up. And, yeah, like you said, a couple fourth down conversions. Um, Bryce Mwika got one of those. I'm trying Johnny. To remember. Yeah, Johnny, the other one. Over That's the right. Yep. Big big catch. Um, not his uh, biggest catch. No, not his biggest that catch. That would come, of course, at the end. But yeah, he, did, he might have had a bigger catch earlier in the game over Eric Weddle in one-hander. the end zone one-handed. He had some big catches. He had three uh, touchdowns in that but game. But the biggest yeah. catch comes a little bit later. As the drive continues, you get to the very last play – I believe BYU called the timeout. Did we call the timeout, or did Utah call a timeout? There was a timeout prior to that last play. There might have been two. I don't know. So Was it the same play called from the play before? I don't know. I've heard that it was back-to-back. That they came to the sideline, they're like, run the same play. We just ran. I would love to hear the opposite guys stand. Yeah, yeah, John might be able to We need to do a pod like this, but we get 06 guys in the room, and we just break down. Talk through it. Yes. Because that is funny because it, with these type of things, you start hearing your buddies talk about stuff and it, it, it reminds you of certain memories, right? Um, anyway, so that last play, I, I remember this. Brian Kiel, Kelly Papinga, and I, and I think Markel Staffieri, all of us have our arms interlocked on the far side of the sideline, so away from the offense. We're basically on the opposite side, 40 probably. And we're all interlocked, and we're just like praying, right? Just like, please, for the love of man, we got, we got to get this one, because this play, the Mountain West Conference Championship hinges on this play. Either, yes. If we win it, we win the championship. If Utah wins it, they win the championship that year, and the winner goes to the Vegas Bowl, right? Because they had one loss. I yeah, suppose. I think they you were, were undefeated. I, yeah, we exactly, and they would have won a head-to-head, obviously, seven and zero or whatever. Yeah. And so it was a massive play, and so we're just like, come on, come on, and of course, and there's a four-game losing streak, by the way, to Utah. We yeah. think this is an abomination at the time. Yes. Then it would become little, worse. Little right? people but, know. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're just nervous. Nelly's over there, whole, you know, linked up in arms. And all of a sudden the play happens. We know it. 
uh, as John moves to his right, he goes and launches the ball. Because we're on the far end of the field, we don't see Johnny down there. We're on the field, but we don't see him down there. Literally no one does. Yeah, yeah. Like, Utah didn't either. Except John. <laughs> John and Johnny were the only you, ones that knew. Utah didn't see him over there either. And and <laughs> and all of a sudden, so we actually run out onto the field. Now I'm like five or six yards to onto see the field who he's to see where to? this ball is going. Oh, this should have been flagged. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Utah fans are going to cry and they should have been replayed. <laughs> and all of a sudden we see Johnny come up and, and dive to his knees and catch it. And... We go nuts to the point where I, I had actually my helmet in on the ground or something. I could pick up my helmet, and I throw my helmet maybe 25 yards up in the air. Oh my God. I chunk this thing so hard. Hopefully it didn't land on anybody. It hits the 50 and rolls over to the youth sideline. And I'm like, I was like, well, I'll get that later. So I run. <laughs> I run dog pile, jumping on with everybody. Ultimately, go back and get my helmet. It's still there somehow. I'm surprised. If I was one of you guys, I'd probably have thrown it away, but. Absolute pandemonium. And then you add on the fact that, I mean, Rice Eccles was silent, except for that Southwest end zone. Yes. Where all the BYU fans were, you know, yes. Southwest corner. Yes. Uh, and it was just people going. And, and, and then some, you, you see these, you know, these Navy hoodies and like Navy shirts sporadically throughout the crowd cheering as well. Yep. And I remember that was, I mean, that celebration in that locker room was, was unbelievable. I mean, just, <laughs> just the best feeling ever. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. And then we go on, like I said, go on to go on to the Vegas Bowl and and finish off a f- just a phenomenal season, eleven and two. You win by thirty yeah. over a Power Five team. Like that was something. It was the biggest bowl margin of victory ever. Um, it's not the biggest margin of victory ever versus a Power Five team, but like that was quite the showing to uh, end the season. It was it was a statement. It was a statement. It was that, amazing. And once again, we felt a little slighted because we get we're in the Mountain West and we're relegated to kind of the Vegas Bowl against the fifth place Pac-12. Like, but we give fe- us a shot at a good team. But we felt slighted that we were even had to be there, and then we felt slighted because we show up and we had to stay at the Golden Nugget <laughs> while the Pac-12 stayed at the Venetian. And we're like, this is not cool. <laughs> like we're we're ranked higher than these guys. We're getting the shaft here, anyways. It's, the- Little stuff like that. We always joke about as players. I mean, the fact at least that, the residents in the, the fact that we had to play on the Mountain Network back in the day too. I mean, it's uh, yeah. My my grandparents back in Texas had to watch all my games on a sling box. Like I tell these kids now, like, you're on, you're on ESPN not, and ABC. I yeah. don't hear crap from you. Sling box is not a Doctor Strange reference. Not a sling ring. Just to be clear, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, this is something that you have to put in somebody's home address here in Utah that gets the Mountain, and then you can stream it. And you can't not even stream. It's like you you had to dial up modem back in Texas to watch it, and it's grainy, and they can't even tell what numbers you are. Anyways, it's, would it's you a, have been an NFL draft pick if you played on ESPN like today? Oh boy, there's the question. Uh, if you ask Brian Kill and I, uh, and I say Brian because we feel the same way about getting more exposure. Listen, I mean it is what it is. I think I think I probably yeah. I, frankly, yeah, I probably I probably get drafted. I don't know if I'm a high draft pick, per but se. drafted. Yeah, I think I'd probably get drafted somewhere in there. Or at Did, least get invited to the Combine. I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even get invited to the you Combine. You didn't even get invited. Yeah. That's wild to me. So, uh, you know, but it's – hey, it's all water on the bridge. But, uh, yeah, I, I think – listen, the exposure that these kids are getting now is phenomenal. I'm so happy for them. I mean, in fact, they're on ESPN. Even though you're playing some late games, you're on ESPN. Like, college scouts can watch you. College scouts could not watch. Back east, they couldn't watch the mountain. It wasn't available to them. It's only like here in the Mountain West. And so you just you get that many more eyeballs on you, you know. So um but yeah, it was it was 
it was a wild time. So 07, you know, we finished 06 on a high note. We go into 07. All new dudes on offense. Max Hall, now quarterback. Max had been there, though. Max had been leading the prep team. How was he on the prep team? Oh, he's Max Hall. The guy. He was the same guy? Oh, yeah, same guy. Did you know he'd be awesome? Yeah. We had complete confidence in Max, and we knew. Because we, 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 Jason was a senior, too. It was weird to have a yeah. senior, senior job senior. back yep. as a backup. Yeah. A senior. Yeah. Yeah, we knew we knew Max. We knew Max was the real deal. We Did saw you know Harvey would be the real deal? Yeah. Yeah, we we faced all those guys on the and, scout team. And Dennis? Uh, yeah, I mean, Dennis. Or did Dennis take a sec? No, Dennis, Dennis. we knew that he, he had the ability, too. I mean, we had Andrew George, too. I mean, we were – we had we had we had horses. You man. go from Harleen and Coates, yeah, to Andrew George, and and Dennis Pitta. Like yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah, and we we reloaded. Keep in mind, we still had Fui Vakapuna. Mm-hmm. We had Harvey. We had uh, Manasse. I mean, we were loaded, and we brought all those guys back for 07 and 08. Um, so it was it was. Uh, you know, so we come off the we come off that year eleven and two. We fought the next year with another eleven and two season, and okay. win the Mountain West again. And another dramatic win. Another Utah. fourth and nineteen. You know, over a fourth and nineteen scenario over Utah. And then another this this time dramatic bowl. Dramatic bowl win over UCLA. Blocked the blocked the field goal. Were you on the field goal? I block was on the field goal block team. Uh, you go back and watch it. Jan Jorgensen and I are lined up in the exact same gap. When the ball's hiked, you can only imagine who's going to probably win that battle or get into that gap. So Jan kind of nudges me out a little bit, and so I I jump. You know, you try you're trying to time it all. So we we all jump, and we hear the thud, and I immediately turn. You around. heard it immediately. Oh yeah, you can hear it. It's loud. It's loud out there, and you turn around. I turn around. I see this ball just fluttering. And fall just short of the field goal post. And there's actually like yes, one of the ESPN clips of me jumping up and just like fist pumping in the air, just just so pumped, right? Because um, that was that was a game that was you said you hadn't. So they beat us earlier yes, that year. It was a weird rematch at the Rose Bowl. Yes, which Against Ben Olson, who hosted me on my recruiting trip. Oh, Ben did. Ben was my host on my recruiting trip. For those who don't know, Ben was perhaps the uh, most Highest highly sought-after yeah. uh, and rated quarterback ever signed by BYU. Almost comes in the game at Utah State in 2 BYU has this crazy comeback, goes on a mission, transfers to UCLA back home where he was from. That's right. Yeah, he's from he's he from hosted LA. hosted you. Yeah. He, uh, he hosted my recruiting trip when he was here as a freshman. Was it cool? Very cool. Nice. Yeah, and we stay in touch. Yeah, and like 6'4", uh, lefty, like yeah. RM, yeah. the whole deal. Super cool guy. Yeah. Uh, we we dabbed each other up before both you know the the game and the Rose Bowl. He was hurt by the time it came around. I think yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, I don't think he played. Yeah, in the I don't bowl think game. he played in that either. Yeah. Um, but uh, even to this day, he's back here in Utah now. Oh, is he? That's cool. And so we uh, we we end up getting together and, and hanging out. And uh, when I say hanging out, we see each other. We have seen him at a couple events here and there with our kids and yeah, that's stuff awesome. Like that. So, um, anyways, so. Uh, Played Ben. We lose in the Rose Bowl that year. I know we're backtracking, going back and forth this whole time. I went down to that game. Okay, it yeah. was cool at, at the Rose Bowl, David. I remember in pregame this. Yeah. And I thought, oh, here comes UCLA. Yeah. No, it was BYU. No. Like the Cougar, Cougar Nation showed up, and it was incredible. It, it was the whole like it's a end zone. Entire horseshoe. It might have been one of the most impressive outings by BYU fans. It was like – Maybe like the Arizona game this year yes, in Vegas, honestly. Which was the greatest showing I've ever it seen. Probably, it probably, this year it's Arizona game in Vegas because we were there. Yes. I think that probably is the best road showing by BYU fans maybe ever. It was so good. 
But I would probably put that UCLA game at the Rose Bowl as a close second. Yeah. Because that, that whole horseshoe was all BYU. And BYU fans were so much louder than UCLA fans that game. It was a home game for us at, at, in the Rose Bowl. Which is pretty cool. Like, let's be honest. No offense to anybody. That venue actually sucks. Like, <laughs> it's historic. Yeah. But it's not nice. No. Like, maybe they've done some upgrades since, you know, 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's been a while. But, like, in that moment, <laughs> I was like, this is actually kind of dumpy. Yeah. It's just historic yeah, because it's the right. Rose Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, Someone's it, it was be cool to play in there. That. I'll say this: the field was actually the field. The was grass really nice. apparently is the grass amazing. Was, right? The grass was unreal. Uh, the field, everything was great. I mean, listen, we can complain about stuff. Vic Soto, <laughs> you know, you go back. He, he, his knee was down. You know, they called it. He wasn't down. It fumbled, and there was uh, there were things in that game we should have beat them. Oh, too. it's Brandon Bradley, OG. Yeah, this is 07. This I is forgot a, this part. Yes, so he's a tight end, right? Vic Soto. Okay. Yeah. And they said he fumbled. And, and they, some, he, they a review he today would have been. Well, they tried to review, but I think it was on versus, <laughs> and they couldn't see it. I'm telling you, guys. They're he like, has, is that his knee or his head? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, his knee, but there's like there's pictures, stills that came out later that show his knee was completely down. The ball wasn't out. And they called the fumble. And uh, anyways, that was a tough. It was a low scoring game um, where we we should have pulled it out. What was the final? Twenty seven seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they scored really late because we. I think we turned it over, so I'm trying to force the ball. But yeah, but it was much closer, and we we should have pulled that one out. But that same season, we start one and two again. One and two again, similar you, you, to the prior you year. You beat Arizona, a little vengeance there at home at UCLA, ten point loss at Tulsa is like oh, one man. of the great shootouts in BYU history. I actually watched this in a movie theater at University Mall. And they didn't turn on the AC. It was like <laughs> 85 degrees in there. Just sweated out. And, and it was like cougar board incarnate after. <laughs> Everyone's so mad. 55-47. Austin Collie has one of the greatest games in cougar history, like all-purpose yards, million everything, right? <laughs> this is the game where Tulsa had Charles – first of all, Tulsa had a bye week before our game, mm. uh, that early in the season. We played – Brian Kill and I played with their starting linebacker, who was our stud guy, Chris Chamberlain. He actually played, I think, some offense too. We played with him with the Rams. And we we would hash out this game all the time. And he admitted that they had a bye week before this game, and they threw in – because he was on defense, but he knew his offense – threw in literally like 20 trick plays. <laughs> Just threw the kitchen sink at, at, at trying to reinvent his offense during the bye week. And they came out there and – Honestly, they threw every single every single trick play they tried worked. It was like they had our heads spinning. Charles Clay was our tight end who went for like probably like two hundred yards. I don't know. He he had a massive day. Hundred. Oh, what was oh, it? Oh, Char- Let's see, Charles Clay. I don't have it. Oh, who, who's yeah. there? I thought it was Charles Clay. What, who's it? Who's had like a big receiving? They day? they had somebody with one hundred seventy one. Who's that? Brennan Marion. No, I yeah. th- Clay. So maybe that's the year before or something, but. But they had a guy who wouldn't play in the NFL. Charles yeah. Clay played in the NFL for years. Uh, and and Paul Smith threw for four fifty four and yeah, five. Yeah. This was like BYU. It was what BYU did two teams traditionally. It <laughs> so. was they were running. They ran wheel routes on us all day long, mm. and, and with where our, where our defense coverages were and things, it, it was a mess. But anyways, that was a tough one. You're we one and two again. We shouldn't have lost that one. And then we proceed to go into Mountain West Conference play, and we run the table again. <laughs> Ten in a row again, man. Ten in a row. <laughs> Go to the Vegas Bowl that year. We just talked about UCLA. Uh, win that one and finish eleven and two and finish what we finished ranked. I think we were top fifteen that year. We were, we were night. We finished sixteen. You're you nineteen again going into the bowl going game. Like it's the exact same you ranking. finished fourteen. Fourteen. So we got bumped up. Fourteenth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, two years ago this team was six and six. Yeah. Like yeah. three years ago this team had a losing record while you were on your mission. Yeah. Talk about was, the Utah game. 
Utah game. That's fourth and nineteen. Fourth and nineteen. Uh, prior to that, it'd been a slugfest that game um, defensively. Fourth and eighteen. Excuse me. Yeah. Fourth and nineteen. Freaking Johnny Lemon. That's right. Fourth and eighteen. <laughs> Uh, it's all the same. After you get up, after you get over 15 yards, it's like this is just a, <laughs> this is just a prayer that you're throwing up there anyway. So another yard is not making a big difference. Yes. But slugfest that game. Um, they come down, they score on us late, uh, and get in the end zone. And but you know what, Max, even though he's a sophomore, the guy was fiery as can be, competitor as can be. And he had just um, sprained his shoulder yeah. or something the week before at Wyoming. Yep. And and no, one knew, up. no one. No yeah. one knew later. Yeah, he's the guy's just a warrior. Amazing. Goes out there on the fourth and eighteen, delivers the ball to Collie, and then and then Harvey, you know the the old picture where he just punches off Utah's defender in the end zone. I mean, just as good as it gets. Uh, and of course, you know, Lillard Stadium is going nuts. And then we go, we actually had to go back out there, and we stopped. And they had, I think, about twenty something seconds left, or maybe thirty. They had a hail mary. Yeah, they had a, that, they had a chance. That dropped at like the five. Yeah. that was batted down. Yeah, they had a, they had a shot. Yeah, but that game, that that fourth and eighteen, I remember just. So sidelines thinking there's no way, you know, and then all of a sudden, because when you're on the sideline, you can't really see the game very well. So we're kind of watching the, mod- the the video boards, and and then we heard, you know, we heard the crowd start to get on the play itself. We heard the crowd start to be like, oh, uh, you know, and all of a sudden we look up and we see Collie wide open, you know, McCain bit on the double move. How do you bite on the double and, move? Uh, and got it, and I mean, the rest is history, but I mean, that game – Back-to-back, and once again, that game, I, I believe that one also, if Utah wins that one, they win the Mountain West, and if we win it, we win the Mountain West. I think that's how it was I think it was, that's how it was for almost those last three years. I can maybe be wrong. TCU surely was in the mix somewhere along there. Yeah. But I think it always came down to the last game of the year against Utah. For a conference championship. Was for a conference championship. Because I think even my senior year, even though TCU had beat us, I think if we had beat Utah 08 – uh, up there, I think we would have won it yeah. again. No, no, no. You're right. It may, it may have been a tie or something because TCU had beat Yeah, because BYU, you have they, one loss. It's TCU. And TCU only had one, too, because they lost to Utah. So I don't know how that would have worked out. There would have been a three-way tie, essentially. Which would have been wild. And I don't know how that would have got broken at the time. But, but you, you guys are ranked 14th. If you beat Utah in that game in 08, no. you're, a, you're top 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would have been wild. That was it. So that was my senior year. So I go to my senior year. I'm a team captain. Uh... It's myself, Matt Bauman. Uh, it's um, Austin and Max, and that was a uh, and that was that was a that was a crazy year because, as we said, my senior year, you know, we start off and we go. I think we went six straight. This is why I have Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's got his, for everyone's listening. I've got Jeremy, Cougar stats Jeremy's up. got his, got Cougar stats his computer up, and he's uh, you're six and zero. Six and zero. Yep. And you're ranked. I want to say eighth. And Nine, we were, ninth at this point in the AP, and we were we were coming off Utah State, who we thumped Utah State, and in the fourth quarter, their crowd had chanted. They started chanting overrated to yeah. us, which was still to this day hilarious. You won by twenty, twenty yeah. Yeah. at Utah State, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's with like a couple late touchdowns by him too. Yeah, why? Because in that game, I get cheap shotted from behind and get rolled up on. I get a high ankle sprain, so we're playing TCU the very next week on a short week. It was a Thursday night game. Thursday night game on Versus in my hometown, my senior year. We're undefeated. When I say hometown, home state. Yes. Undefeated. Everything's on the line. But I'm rolling into that game with an ankle that I've been in boot all week. I haven't practiced one second. I can't even walk on this thing. I wanted to play so bad. 
don't know if I should really share a story, but we'll share it anyways. So before the game, I'm like, I got to get something to get this pain taken away. So they shoot my ankle full of Tordal, um, which is a anti-inflammatory pain numbing medicine. They shoot it up. I go out to warm-ups. They spat my shoe up everything. I go out to warm-ups. I can't. That means they tape it. Yeah, they tape it all up. So tape. they shoot it. They tape up the ankle. Put my shoe on. They tape my shoe on to my leg <laughs> and my socks and everything. I go out to warm-ups. I still can't run on this thing. Oh, shoot. And I, halfway through warm-ups, I tell the docs, I, I, we got to go back in. So we go back in, rip everything off, which is a timid ordeal and have a self-cuff, all this tape. They proceed to shoot up again <laughs> to the point where you can't even see my ankle anymore. Uh, but it gave me enough to go out and play that game. Uh, but frankly, it didn't matter much because uh, TCU had some horses. Jeremy Curley, who played NFL for years. Uh, Jerry Hughes played defensive. I mean, they, yep. Andy Dalton was Andy quarterback Dalton. at the time. I mean, was, they were stacked, and they just they ran as ragged. But um, but that was that was a bummer because that was my coming home game. You know, 06 when we played there and beat them. Um, that's when I had like my big sack. You started to mention earlier. That's mm-hmm. that's what everyone knows me for my 06 sack against you know, Ballard, the quarterback. Where hit him, jarred the ball loose. We get the ball. You know, it's on like the five yard line. They're about to score. And we go down and score and kind of changes the tide. And so six oh eight, my senior year, I was you know captain, looking forward to it. And unfortunately, we kind of laid an egg in that game. And it was just hard to keep up with those guys. It was, they were a great team. All credit to them. They were amazing. Um, and so we finish out the rest of that year. Oh eight, once again is at Utah. This is their Sugar Bowl year. They were obviously a really good team. They're so good. Yeah, um, we you hung guys were with good them. Too. We actually hung with them going into the fourth quarter. Yes, I don't know if your Cougar stats shows it or not, but we were only. I think we were in. We were within striking distance. Like we were only down by. I want to say like a touchdown, maybe. It was twenty-seven, twenty-four. Going yeah, into the fourth. I was gonna say. I thought yeah. it was three or four points. Yep. So we're in it, and then the fourth quarter. I think Max was trying to force the ball through a couple pick sixes, and all of a sudden the ball, the game got away from us real quick. It's a tough game for Max. Yeah, he has six turnovers. Yeah, it's a yeah. tough game. Five picks. Yeah. Yeah, it was a tough. I mean, and once again, Utah had Paul Kruger, who played in the NFL for years. I mean, they had a stacked defense as well. Oh, um, yeah, they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, yeah. which by the way, your uh, sack force fumble on Jeff Ballard in '06. Do you want to guess where we put it in the top 100 place? We put it in there two years ago when we redid that. 43, 56. <laughs> I only said 43 because that was my football number. Yes. I, have, I have no idea. 56, 56. Hey, I'm in the top 60. I'll take that all day long. You're a top 60 guy. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm asking for. <laughs> top 60. Um, yeah, so that senior year, was uh, it was it was tough because we'd come off those two 11-2 seasons, Mountain Conference champs. We thought that senior year, my senior year, 08, was with now now Max is a junior, Dennis is a junior. You know, all of us have gotten older. We've been playing with each other now for a couple of years. We really thought that was going to be a special year. Uh, that was a quest for perfection year. Uh, which was always, a f- I mean, as a team captain, that's actually a lot of weight put on our shoulders too, right? Like the whole team. Did you like that or not? No, no, because we had to too answer. Too much, right? It was too much. We we had to was answer. Was that a Bronco thing? Yeah. Based on the university mission. That's right. You took a phrase yeah, from it. From BYU's mission statement. And l- listen, I love Bronco, but there's two distinct moments where messaging gets yeah. mixed up. It's that and it's tradition spirit yeah, right. the jerseys, right? Yeah. Good intention, great idea, tough execution, right? Yeah. Quest for Perfection got just blown up, yeah. right? Because all of a sudden, now you have to go undefeated? Like, you have to go have undefeated. To. Yeah. That's really hard. The it, only team that really did that, you know, 
was Utah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they had the quest. Yeah. Like, you know. It was, I remember having to answer to it as a captain, right? You're getting interviewed more, and, yes. and I'm the captain of the defense, and so it's like, yeah, there was a – You can't say what you actually think. Yeah, it was yeah. tough. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a tough spot. And once again, I don't think Bronco had the intention for it to be what it ended up being. Right. But 100%. it wasn't thought through, obviously, as, as much as it should have been probably. That happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we go in the bowl game. So, so that season, once again, we're ranked in the top ten. And then we go in. We lose to TCU. We win a couple more games. Lose to Utah. We're 10-2. We go, we go to the Vegas Bowl. Now, for the fourth straight year, yes. my third time to go to the Vegas Bowl. Are you sick of it now? Very sick of it mm. at this point. We knew what all the activities were going to be because they do the exact same activities every year. We knew – all the food, like it was, it was the exact same thing. You have the gold nugget again. That year they moved us to the Planet Hollywood. Okay, I actually, remember. so we're at least on Planet the strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the strip now. It's better. Not the Venetian. Still not great. Not, still not the Venetian. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we're facing Arizona team that had been to a bowl that had not been to a bowl game, and I think Willie Tuitama and a little known tight end named Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, that guy. You're seventeenth. Seventeenth going to that. They're game. unranked. Yeah, they and they were six and six. I think they just. Barely qualified for a bowl. Mm. Um, it was a big deal for them. Yeah, to be there. It was not a big deal for us, unfortunately. And and, and is and I know I keep mentioning team captain, but as a captain, that was kind of my job was to get these guys ready. And, and it was tough to get everyone up motivated, just because when you're ranked ninth in the country and you think you are on this quest for perfection, to all of a sudden get that stolen from you, you know, against TCU and then again against Utah, it took a lot of air out of us. Utah's in the Sugar Bowl. And I didn't know where TCU went. I just looked it up. They were 11th. They played ninth-ranked Boy State in the Poinsettia. They just got this better matchup. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. So yeah. then, oh, would it have been different if you had played? Because you're 17th. You're playing ninth-ranked yeah. Boise State. Yeah, I think in San would, Diego. Honestly, I think if you would put us anywhere other than Vegas that year. Oh, interesting. I think because we had just gone to Vegas so many years in a row. And 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 once once again, we had BCS aspirations, right? Now you're Oregon 06. Yeah, you're bummed to be in that game. Although Oregon wasn't, they weren't. I mean, well, you said they were. Ranked. Well, I mean, you had aspirations. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. But you guys are a ranked team. Yeah, yeah, we're ranked, and, we, and we've been ranked for three years in a row now. Yes, you expect to be and finish. You expect to at least have some respect to 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 go somewhere a little better. But but to our point, you we, wanted a little more because you'd yeah. been there. And it wasn't necessarily yeah. that we felt like at ten and two at the at the time that we deserved more. It was more the fact that we were still reeling from. The fact that we had two losses that season, yes. and we felt like we should have been on that quest for perfection. We should have yes. got undefeated. And you're third place in the league as at, yeah. at ten and two. Yeah, you're third. The league was incredible. You had two top eleven teams. Yeah, yeah, it's it was crazy. It was the strength was uh, the balance was insane back then. And we look back starting in 2023, all three of those eventually become power five. That's right. When and, BYU joins con- the Big Twelve, major contributors. You know, I know TCU's kind of not had super strong the last few years, but right. But it got him into a, a league, which is. Was the hope. Okay, so you know what? I'm calling an audible here. Okay. This has been so good. We're going to do a part two with you another day. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to when you graduate. <laughs> oh, NFL, man. NFL, Big 12 thoughts from you with BYU. Taysom yeah. Hill, obviously. Oh, your yeah. sister marries Taysom. Emily's great. Can we do a part two another day? 100%. At some point, we'll this, do it. To wrap it up, I mean, to this day, I'm on a, on a Band of Brothers thread with a whole bunch of former teammates. And that's what makes BYU so special is the fact that I spent all these years with these guys. And when we see each other at these alumni events, it's just a blast catching up. I mean, we went, we went just a few weeks ago. Well, January, this same text drive went down to, to Arizona, Phoenix, and we played golf. 
uh, and Max came and met us and played with us. And just a riot, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the fun times of these guys where you're literally blood, sweat, and tears. Literally. Literally. Out there during hot days of summer pushing sleds and lifting weights and then getting injured on the field. You're you're rehabbing together, you know, trying to get your body back healthy. And anyways, all those memories. And it's fun that to this day we're all in our respective lives. I think pretty much all of us are married with kids. Um, and in our own respective uh, professions, and it's just awesome to to kind of catch up and and these are memories. And in fact, on this thread, just a couple of days ago, we were sharing videos of when we were doing skits during fall camp of impersonating coaches, <laughs> and uh, and there were just some amazing skits, and and we were just dying laughing, and it's a fun time. I I, I absolutely love BYU. I'm a massive advocate for BYU. In fact, I was on the phone to. Uh, a recruit the other day that just wanted to know about BYU, and I was telling him about uh, why I love this place over A&M or other schools that I had offers from. And um, I, I think it's a, it's an amazing place to play football. It's only going to be better with the Big Twelve, uh, which we can get into next we'll time. Floor and part two, more but of that. but yeah. but it, but not only that, but the, the culture and the people you're around, and um, you know the experiences you get to experience here, unlike any other. That's awesome. There are so many other questions. <laughs> we just have to push it. You are now the second person to get a part two. Man. Mark Pope and Leanne Pope got a part two. They're going to get a part three because I haven't even gotten to when he takes over the BYU job yet. Wild stuff. That is wild. I, hey, if I'm, if I'm in Mark Pope's same arena, you know, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's pretty good. That's uh, I'll take that. You have better hair. I'm just saying. David. You're one of my buddies. I really love being able to work with you. It's fun to hang out, man. Likewise. This is fun. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for us. Listen to previous episodes on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. For David Nixon and producer Tanner Graff, I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just listened to Deep Blue on BYU Radio.